It's time to rise above the fudge jokes and hemorrhoid humor. Even if only for a few fleeting moments. And actually learn something. This is the Five Minute Professor. Well, let's see how long it takes to get in the weeds with this guy. As greetings and salutations, Professor. And to you, Mr. Phillips, and to the file, always a pleasure to speak with you. Sounds like a landline. Sounds like you're on a real, regular telephone. What? I am on a real, regular telephone, completely surrounded by hundreds of other real, regular telephones. I said he's complaining and complaining and complaining at me, and I live a block and a half away from a call center, so I made some arrangements. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm at a call center. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, is, this is as stable of a phone connection as you have, and if you need to speak to someone else, I have uh, within easy arm's distance probably 40 people. Well, what are they selling? Yeah, I, I, I want to know that. Don't tell me. It's, I got one of those wait. calls today. Uh-oh. It's actually a customer service center, so they take okay. inbound calls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Wait. Right. What do you got I'm for us? I'm authorized to talk about them. That was made abundantly clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> they say, oh, you're on the radio? One of them morning zoos? Don't be talking about us. Uh-uh. All no. right, what's, uh, what's the lecture today? Well, here's the thing. Uh, You know, uh, year in, year out, I uh, try to coordinate speakers for the Central Florida Regional Mensa Gathering. Mm -hmm. And one of the things which I have started doing over the course of the past four years is that I also host a tasting on the Saturday night of the Regional Mensa Gathering, which means that this weekend I had to be researching tequila. You did, huh? From the agave plant. Mm-hmm. It is, of Ooh, course, from the agave po- plant. Points. points. I want points. And that is good for points Thank you. on the agave plant. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so here's the thing, right. though. Blue agave. It is related mm-hmm. to mezcal, because mezcal is also made from the agave plant. Let's However, see. tequila is only made from blue agave. Oh, yeah. So tequila so. is a mezcal. All mezcal is not tequila. Okay. I knew it. All right, that's good. All right. Good. They only can make tequila in the Mexican state of Jalisco. See. That's on the elbow of Mexico. I, I call the elbow of Mexico. I, I view Mexico as being like an arm where the hand is the Yucatan Peninsula and the bicep is the big part where it widens up near the United States. Mm-hmm. The elbow, the pointy part where Guadalajara is, is Jalisco. Tell me about the worm. Uh, well, let's start with the worm then, because uh, I was only going to talk about the worm were there time. But let's talk about the worm. The worm is a lie. What does that mean? Oh, well, first of all, the worm is not a part of tequila. The worm is a mezcal thing, and it's a marketing thing. And if there are worms on your agave plant, your agave plant is bad. So the worm is a lie. So as a marketing scheme... How yeah. long has that been going on, and why? Uh, it is something which is it was a marketing gimmick that was created in the 1970s. 1970s is what it says here. 1970s. And the Tequila Regulatory Council does not allow gusanos, which is what they are. They're the worms, gusano, or scorpions in a tequila bottle. Not okay. allowed. Right. Okay. And, it, and it was meant to say, oh, look how, look how tough you are. Right. You could drink this thing which killed a worm, which, quite honestly, you can drown anything in anything. Well, sure, you could drop a worm in a bottle of vodka and it would die. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could drop a worm in a gl- bottle of 
water, and it would die because it still needs <laughs> yeah. to breathe air. Right. Uh, so uh, it is pure marketing, and the particular one which they use is a blight on the tequila plant. Uh, maybe the first time they did it, it was some drunk Mexican guy saying, right. we're going to show them, and we'll leave this out for the other worms to see, and uh, they'll leave. Uh, but there's nothing good about the worm. And and no one thinks you should drink it. No one. Not a single solitary person in the world thinks you should drink it. Drink it or eat the worm? Nothing. You should leave the worm alone. That... It's a decoration. It can't hurt you. It might. It can't help you. It mm-hmm. can't help you. It's just a worm. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, it is just a worm. Who are you talking to, me or the five-minute professor? Okay. It, it, is, it is not food quality. Okay. It is not right. food. There's nothing done to it to make it food quality. I think it's chewy or crunchy. I would imagine that it is probably crunchy. No, I thought I it would thought be chewy. chewy, like a pencil eraser. I thought it's going to be gushy too. I think it's going to well, be uh, squishy. Except, except for alcohol, rubbery. Draw out the moisture out of it. Yeah, I think it'd be rubbery. Mm. Like in a rubber band or something. Yeah. <laughs> Look, can we can we yeah, talk sure. about something good? Yeah. Okay, yes, okay. Please. So blue agave is what's required for tequila. And blue agave really grows well around the area of the town of Tequila, which is why tequila is named tequila, except that they made tequila before there was a town of tequila. What? So the town of tequila was not founded until 1666, but they've been making this this alcohol, uh-huh. which is now called tequila, since the late 1500s. Okay. So two generations made this stuff before there was a town of tequila to call it tequila. And the reason that they made it was because the conquistadors ran out of brandy. And they said, quick, find me something we can ferment. Yeah, anything to get us drunk. It's remarkable. So what they do is is the, is the agave plant looks for all the world like it's a cactus, but it's not. Okay. The monocot, it's got a seed, and it's, it's not a succulent, but it looks like one. It looks like a pineapple. And it, it grows long leaves off of this piña, which is at the center, and then they carve off those leaves. They take the heart of it, the piña, and then they cook it in an oven. And it gets a kind of smoky flavor to it, and they're cooking it to break down the starches which hold it together so that they can then pulverize it in a big stone mill and get a pulpy liquid out of it, which they're going to use to create their tequila. Is there a certain proof that this has to be to well, be honest and honest in goodness? Uh, a real tequila? A tequila. Uh-huh. Well, so here's the thing. Tequila is, is made with natural yeasts, the yeasts that are on the plant. So it ferments a little bit. And it gets to be around 12, 14 proof. So beer or wine-like in terms of its proof. Then they distill it. Yeah. And it's typically distilled twice. Okay. That's what's typical for exported tequila, is that it is distilled twice. So it maintains a lot of the flavor and a lot of the uh, organoleptic properties. But it, it does not... It doesn't get too smooth because a third – sometimes they have made a third one, and then it's more like vodka. It's, it's less flavored mm. when they do that third distillation because what they're doing is they're taking it, they're heating it up, and they're making the alcohol 
get collected somewhere else. So the more you distill it, the more pure you make it, the less like tequila it is and the more like alcohol it is. My experience with tequila, not that I drink anymore, is that I'd always have a hangover, terrific hangover from the neck down. Mm. What? Yes, from my whole butt, my my yeah, my head was is, fine, is but my body was just. Is this a dancing related issue? No, I have no idea. It just it just felt like I'd been hit with sledgehammers. I mean, my body was just it was a it was a body hangover. My my head was okay. I don't know from what from what I've researched because I was afraid I was going to have to deal with this because I'm concerned about my my conduct this weekend because the whole idea of these these alcohol tastings, which I host, is nonsense. Because we fit it into a one-hour-long uh, lecture block, and then we try five or six liquors. And it's, it's just stupid. It's, it's way too much. You know what happens with Mo when she drinks? Year year uh, year year. She right, drinks too much tequila. What happens? She looks yeah. like uh, one of those soldiers or a Marine at boot camp where they're crawling under the barbed wire. <laughs> you know, she does that. Uh-huh. She gets down all the way and then just scoots to the bathroom to throw up uh, by using that, her elbows like a that, seal. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. And she'll I, make I, it all the way from the kitchen to all, all the way in the back. Correct. All the way in the back. Absolutely marvelous. Mm-mm. So in Mexico, <laughs> I, I'm picturing this. It's not a good and, sight. It's yeah, not, I've not seen good. it. No, it's really not. So uh, in Mexico, the proof, which was your question, uh, <laughs> is typically 76. Oof. That's how it's usually made for domestic consumption in Mexico. Okay. Uh, in the U.S., it, it, it has to be 80. To be sold as tequila in the U.S., it has to be 80. And Why? what Mexico tried, it, it's, it is really to do with the fact that all spirit importation is done by a small handful of companies and they want to keep a stranglehold on it and as a result they make rules that make it harder for somebody who's not them to sell it right i mean that's really i mean almost everything is like that there's a there's a friend of mine who i do a podcast with and he is a firm believer in the free market system and i say well how are things with the blacksmiths in town because that's the only place you get a free market you don't get a free market when huge corporations make the laws which regulate your industry. Right. Uh, anyway, so what Mexico tried to do was Mexico tried to take back the bottling jobs on tequila and make it so that in order to be called tequila, it needed to be bottled in Mexico. And the U.S. importers resisted and got the U.S. government involved. What's because the way that U.S. tequila is made is that it's shipped in bulk to a handful of bottlers in the United States and then bottled in the United States. Jack, what's a top a shelf tequila? Oh, I don't Malibu. even know. Dozens of them now. They, uh, Quer- Jose Cuervo is one of the most popular mm. ones. Patron. But, yeah, but, but Patron is a good one. Yeah, they've come out with Patrones, but they've come out with a lot of tequilas in the past 10, 15 years when they yeah. decided they can make a lot of money on them. Milagro. They, I've also had a lot of I've celebrities. A lot of celebrities but have why? their own brands where, where, of tequila. Where, yeah. why, did, why did that get a start? All of a sudden, tequila. I don't know. I don't know. It's it was delicious. in Entourage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it is just a simple marketing thing. Right. But in Mexico, there are 1,500 different labels. Oh, okay. There are 1,500 wow. different labels of tequila, and they're they're owned by about 160 companies. So... Every company has a whole bunch of labels, some of which are private labels like 
you'll get when you get a, a isn't Cabo Wabo? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a big label. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But in order Point. to be tequila, it needs to grow. Mm. The blue agave needs to grow in Mexico. So it, it's all coming from the same place, uh, more or less. Uh, you can't glow, grow blue agave effectively uh, outside of this really volcanic red soil that they have in this area. Uh, to grow it commercially because it's grown in fields like pineapples are grown just miles and miles everywhere you look around of these plants, and they only get one growth out of them. They grow for about a year. You harvest them, and then you have to plant them again. So it's not it's not the sort of thing which can be grown everywhere, and by law you can't call it tequila if you grow it anywhere except for in Mexico. All right. So there are – I have a couple more things on, on this. You want it now? All right, here it goes. So there's silver or white tequila. That is just tequila, which is twice distilled and then put into bottles. Mm. It is not aged. Tequila doesn't actually age in the bottle. There's no sense holding on to tequila to make it age. It only ages outside of the bottle because of the nature of the alcohol that's in it. Mm. So then you have reposado or rested. That's going to be a a kind of golden color uh, and... Lighter than a scotch or a whiskey in general. That's been rested in a charred oak barrel for two months. And añejo, or aged tequila, has been in it, held in a charred barrel for 12 months. And they added a new type of tequila, which is extra añejo, which is aged for three years. That was introduced in 2006. Right. The longer you age it in mm-hmm. those oak barrels, the smoother it gets. All right. Let's move on to a smooth quiz. Let's talk about some smooth quizzes. Question number one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> a tequila sunrise is Jack. a cocktail. Not Jack. Mr. Bradshaw. Do it. Orange juice, tequila, and grenadine. Uh, That is one way to make it. You can also make it with Cointreau and lime juice. Yeah, we did. Cointreau. But that wasn't the question. Damn you. (laughs) I'll take points anyway. Tequila Sunrise was also a film starring Mel Gibson. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. That was not the question. Can I have the question, please? We're running out of time. Tequila Sunrise was a film starring Mel Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Kurt Russell. Came out in what year? Uh, Jim, 19... 90. Before 1990. 87. After 1987. 89. Before 1989. Fritz. Oh. Mr. No, Pink. Fritz. Fritz. Oh. Yes, it's Fritz. 88. 88 is yeah, 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 yeah. done. Stupid January 1988 had five different number one songs. There were five different number one songs in January of 1988. Who sang Faith? Jack. George Michael. Absolutely correct. Who Points. sang So Emotional? So Emotional. Uh, yeah. Oh, damn. Solo singer or group? A solo singer. So Emotional. I get uh, so emotional, baby. You agree? Every Two. time I think Whitney of Houston. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we got almost got there. Mo. Who, we who got, my, got my mind set on you? Jack George Harrison. Got Absolutely correct. Nicely done. Uh, who sang The Way You Make Me Feel? Jack Michael Jackson. Absolutely correct. Whew. Carrying the team on your back. And finally, January 30th, 1988, who sang the number one hit, Need You Tonight? Jack, in excess. In excess. Wow, Jackie. Good job, Jackie. Hats off to you. Oh, uh, yeah. 
InXS found a replacement lead singer, Canadian J.D. Fortune, on the TV show Rockstar InXS, who oh, yeah. did on what network in 2005? Jack Fox. Not Fox. Pinkman. Mr. Pinkman. NBC. Not NBC. Jim, CBS. CBS is absolutely correct. No, right, well, that was hard. <laughs> well, there was only one left for me. That Mo had it. it. <laughs> CBS has what late night show host on air starting at 11.35? Jack, Stephen Colbert. That is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Stephen Colbert is from South Carolina, but was born in what U.S. city that is the 21st most populous city, but did not elect its own mayor until 1973? Oh, God. <sighs> He's Southern, uh, I think. Uh, uh, not South Carolina. Uh, no. Jim, New Orleans. Further north. Mm. Hope you uh, find that helpful. Yeah, not... Uh, 21st most populous, but did not elect its own mayor until 1973. Uh, oh. Jack, Indianapolis. Further east. Mm. Um, let's 21st see. most populous, but only elected its its own mayor since 1973. Washington, D.C.? That is absolutely Oh, there it is. Very nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, Damn, good work. XTC had a hit song in 1989 called The Mayor of Simpleton. What two citrus fruits were in the title of the album that Jim, featured this song? Well, Jim, that's uh, lime. Not lime. That's lemon. That is lemon. And orange. It was Oranges and Lemons was the name of that album. The Citrus Bowl, also known as Camping World Stadium, okay. will be home to the Pro Bowl this weekend. The Pro Bowl will be coached by the head coaches from what two teams? Their names are Andy and Jason. Jack. Oh, Jack. Uh, uh, Jack's got the answer. Yeah, I don't. Well, we coached by the head coaches from what two teams? Their names are Andy and Jason. I want to Kansas teams. City Chiefs. Absolutely correct. And um, anyone else want to take a shot yeah. at it? Yeah, yeah it's the uh, Atlanta Falcons. No. No, that would be the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I'm moving. Yeah, I'm, what were I'm, the no, names? No, no, no. Jason, A- you Andy need the Jason. Jason. Andy Reid was. Uh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the coach. Okay, so that's the AFC. So you need an NFC team of Jason. That's Buffalo a- Bills. An NFC team that had the best record that lost in the divisional playoffs. Oh. That's how it's determined. It's the team with the best record that lost Carolina in the Panthers. divisional playoffs. There it is. Further north. Oh, oh excuse me. Further south. Further south. My apologies. Oh, that uh, lost. Um, Jason, lost. New Orleans Saints. No. Dallas Cowboys. Jason Garrett. 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 You are too far off. Now, Jason Garrett has never coached in a Super Bowl, but he won two as a player. Andy Reid lost Super Bowl 39 as head coach of what team? Jack, Philadelphia Eagles. That is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Jack, Jacksonville. Jack, Donovan McNabb. All right. Jack, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Settle down. Super Bowl 39 was the Patriots' second franchise win and the infamous Nipplegate incident. Mm -hmm. But arguably, the biggest impact in Super Bowl history was the Apple ad with the sledgehammer. Right. Featured in January 22nd of what year? 1984. Absolutely correct. I get it. That 1984 ad from January of 1984 was created by what famous movie director? He also created Thelma and Louise, G.I. Jane. Gladiator. Jack Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Jack's on fire. Wow. Uh, So Ridley Scott, who created that adult screen, Thelma and Louise, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, Legend, Blade Runner, and Alien. Ridley Scott directed Tom Cruise, Mia Sarrow, and Tim Curry in Legend in 1985. That same year, also shunned by the Oscars, 
but Tim Burton directed Paul Rubens in a dance number in what film? Jack, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. The dance was set to the song Tequila. Tequila. Oh, there it is. There it is. And that's an excellent round for you folks. Thank no, you. No, it was an excellent round for Jack Bradshaw. It's, it's a team effort. On your back. And holy moly, holy cow. 88. Thanks to the efforts of Mr. Bradshaw, he will be tragically disappointed with everything about this score. Uh-oh. It's a 106. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. All right, it's I'll superb. take it. Superb. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> 1.9 too high, he would say. That's right. Yes, you are correct. Uh, nice, nice job done by all. Excellent work. All right, what are you up to? Where are you going to be? Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be hosting trivia at the Silly Grape. By the way, Silly Grape, a great place to see the Super Bowl. And they're going to have a special for Valentine's Day. Check out the 5-Minute Professor Facebook page. I have uh, posted some information about what they've got going on for both Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl. That's tomorrow night at the Silly Grape in Maitland. I will not be at Waco Taco this Saturday, but I normally am. Uh, And I will be the following weekend. And Tuesday night, it will be where I am every single Tuesday night. I will be at Post Time Lounge and Cafe. In between, I will probably be driving my Uber. Oh, that's right. You're doing that. How's that working out for you, that Uber thing? I love driving for Uber. Really? I mean, it's not an ad for Uber. I like driving and having people in my car that are paying me money in a way where I don't have to handle it. Oh, I see. It's all done on phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all done on the phones. I don't ever see it. I don't have anything except for, hey, how you doing? Where you going? And I and they tell me where to go, and I say, that's stupid. No, no, no. And then we're going to go this different way. Well, okay, that happens a lot. Actually, they, they take you on a lot of surface roads on the Uber app, right. on the map. Mm-hmm. So if you know where you are, you can find your way around. If you don't know where you are, you have to follow these surface roads, and you're driving through neighborhoods at 30 miles an hour. All right, what do you got scheduled for next Thursday? Any, I mean, uh, Wednesday. Any ideas? Uh, well, actually, you know what? Someone went to the 5-Minute Professor page and made a great request, and I know I'm going to screw up the pronunciation. Well, let me know, and name. I'll tell you whether it's good or not. <laughs> I, service animals. What? Service animals. She she, she suggested that we talk about service animals, and that's interesting because service animals have to be admitted in an Uber. Yes. I had to sign an agreement saying that I would accept service animals, and it didn't matter if I was afraid of dogs. It's like a therapy dog. Any kind of animal I have to accept. A seeing eye dog. A monkey. A seizure dog. A monkey. Just because they say it is? Uh Uh, Well, there are rules about it. They have to have the... The best, the service well, that animal. Well, that, yes, that's that's a bunch yeah. of crap. Because the fact well, of the I matter. Well, I want to talk about that because it is a bunch of crap. Yeah, Delta Airlines, I think, is cracking down on that. Yep. There's a difference between therapy dogs and service dogs. Absolutely true. Anybody can buy a vest and put it on their damn dog. That is actually true too. You put and... it on an armadillo. What are you going to do? You have to drive an armadillo around. I'm not sure that there is a rule about service armadillos, but I will find out, and I will know by this time next week, and so will you. Okay, Professor. Next Wednesday on Real Radio 104.1. Check out the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. President Tudor of the Philippines says to shoot him if he ever becomes a dictator. I, uh, I've got some awkward news for you, pal. Next, rapper DMX spent his Monday in a Chili's in the St. Louis airport buying shots for people and giving sermon. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten rapper that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have a party up in here. Finally, speaking of rappers, 50 Cent says he forgot that he accepted 700 bitcoins for an album in 2014. 
Those bitcoins are now worth over $7 million. Hopefully he doesn't spend it all in the club. Headlines were brought to you by the Pinkman blog. Go there to see Danny DeVito as an M&M &M at realradio.fm. And transmission. Call now for person, place or thing 407-916-1041.